Welcome, everybody, to Picard Live. My name is Barry DeFord, and I am here today with the illustrious Mr. Bill Smith. You could say that uh, I'm getting a bit of a bill bump to get everything started out here. So right now we've got our Picard Live main banner up, which is something that uh, also Mr. Smith uh, created. And I just want to welcome you all to there. Now, I am having a little bit of trouble getting myself uh, on the actual camera because I'm clicking the buttons and I'm not seeing myself come up and I'm not seeing Bill come up. So these are the reasons why we are checking the audio equipment over and over again. However, I am going to see here if there's anyone saying anything on our Facebook, because we do have comments here, which is also a very cool thing. And I'm glad seeing Rob and Phil and Jackie and Chris. Oh, my goodness. There's a lot of familiar faces here as well, which is wonderful. Oh, and there's Bill at the top. Uh, remember, we have a cool little piece up here. If you want to live comment on the broadcast, Facebook requires you to provide authorization. Um, and then from there, it'll put your name. Otherwise, it just says Facebook user. Know who you are in that case. Uh, Mr. Host, may I interrupt you for a moment? Y yes, you may. Uh, if you want the title card to go away, you should hide the overlay. Hide the overlay. So this is again why I'm, uh, I've am i got Mr. Smith here. Boom. There we are. Hello, everybody. And you want to go to the Picard Live overlay. Yeah. The one that has the, uh, the Fansets logo in the bottom corner. Oh, yeah. Just a second. We're pushing all the buttons here. Boom. And that's why we have a beta test. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Now I'm going to get rid of the Facebook thing on the bottom that Mr. Smith put. Boom. Yes, I am uh, really, really excited to have everybody here. We uh, are finding out also that if you hover your mouse over top of any of the comments, it just shows up on its own. So, Chris, it's nice to see you. It's great to see Jackie as well. It's great to see Phil. So those cool. are all wonderful, wonderful things. So today, let's go maybe just a little bit into what... Um, what this show is basically about, and it is just to look at Star Trek Picard from the Trek Geeks lens. And I was extremely honored to be asked by Bill Smith uh, earlier uh, last year if I would be the host of it. And we've Picardified the the whole system I have up here. I, I have a bit of a Trek uh, a Trek based office, and of course, I've got Picard who's getting his head cut off right now by. Uh, by the actual StreamYard thing. And then we've got our look at the Enterprise D. So if you ever get tired of looking at me, you can always look at the pretty things behind me. And if I ever have a guest, you can look at those pretty people too, like Mr. Smith. Of course, also we're going to be having some regulars. We are going to be dividing the show up into a couple of different components. So what I want to do for you all is just take you through what some of those things look like. So to start things off, what we always want to do is orient ourselves to the situation. And this is my first beta attempt at the Picard maneuver. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about Children of Mars. And that was the latest short trek. So if you have not seen Children of Mars yet, highly recommend you do that. It's what, eight minutes, Bill? 
Sorry, I was on mute. Yes, that is a true statement. In fact, it's just less than eight minutes. And about two minutes of that is uh, is uh, credits. So it probably clocks in at about six and change. Yeah. And then also uh, there is a fantastic rendition of Heroes. That was by Mr. Peter Gabriel that uh, went through there. So as we orient ourselves, what are some of the first things that stood out to you, Bill, in terms of the way this whole short trek came out. It's uh, unorthodox, I guess, to, to say the least. I, I think there's maybe 30 seconds of dialogue in this entire short trek. And it conveys a level of emotion that um, you don't get in a lot of Star Trek simply just by virtue of the fact of, of music and, and what you see on the screen. I mean, we get it in little chunks. You know, there are some really key musical pieces throughout Star Trek, but they've never used a pre-existing song um, that... Uh, allows you to experience the emotion the way that they did with heroes and, and with the action that was going on on the screen. It was all masterfully created. And I, I have to say, I, I was not quite sure what it was going to be. And by the time I was done, I was leveled. It was like a dance in a lot of ways. And I mean, there's no, um, there's no there's no saying that that if you ever there's no saying that anyone would ever not want to dance if they heard David Bowie as you and I both are, are Bowie fans. But I also think that if you sort of look at the way everything is kind of coming together, the slightly slowed down motion and everything, I really did sort of get a um, just, yeah, feeling like things are almost choreographed to happen as they will. And seeing the Vulcan professor there in between these two, I got an immediate sense of earth and Romulus, an immediate sense yeah. that between these two uh, students that, that they exist in a way that Earth and Romulus does. And then when they meet mutual disaster, they suddenly realize that they're so similar. And then obviously having the, uh, having the Vulcan in the middle being their instructor uh, is also quite telling. So I don't know if, if that's something. Now, here's the best part. If you are watching this and our 19 wonderful people who are on looking at that right now, as we're going through the Picard remover, <laughs> remover, maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't come to that. <laughs> well, you know, who knows? Um, that's that's the other thing, actually. I, when we get into some of our, our, our other segments, I might actually say something at the end of this that... Um, we can talk about later. Anyways, that was maybe a Freudian slip. Anyways, yeah, male pattern baldness isn't restricted to humans. That is a, a fantastic point. Thank you, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> well, and don't forget Ambassador Nonclus in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, because uh, it seems like that's a thing on Romulus. Yeah, well, it's a stressful place. Here's here's a good one. Uh, Phil, yeah, me too. So just so everyone's aware, and this is great, great thanks to Bill to keep this ball rolling on StreamYard and everything. <laughs> Unfortunately, I lost my brother just recently. And uh, when that had happened, I was watching this short treks and that song was on and yeah, I couldn't handle that. So this time I watched around it without any uh, music at all. I just watched it on mute and it still was wonderful. So yes, yes. Thank you, Chris. Canadian English is hard. It is hard. So what are some of our first impressions? Folks, comment down here. I will, I, if you ever see me kind of doing this, it's because I'm looking down at your comments as they go. So the illusion uh, of that, maybe I'll try to re reframe my camera, but then it might kind of make me look like I'm looking down at you all, which would be kind of silly. That's usually my job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Of course, when we start everything off, we will always be drinking some tea Earl Grey hot. It's uh, uh, just a little bit of uh, something I want to con continue on through. And also, it makes sure I don't lose my voice. 
So my impressions as well, though, if we are going to just kind of keep our impressions of what exactly is happening as we are uh, commenting, and now there looks like there's a bit of a fight going on. Um, I wonder if what we're going to see here is two two groups of of you know two rivals, sorry, who who have been rivals for such an incredibly long period of time. Are we actually going to see some kind of Kitamer Accord between the? Um, between the Romulans and the humans. I, I often wonder, you know, with the destruction of Romulus here, if we kind of relay that back to the JJ verse, I mean, it changes the relationship that earth has to Vulcan. And I wish we could have explored that more, but maybe we're going to kind of get that this time around. What do you think, Bill? I can only say so much because I attended the premiere in Hollywood. I've seen the first three episodes. So I, I can tell you that I hope for the same thing. And I kind of have to stop my comments there because I know a little slice of what happens. Yeah. So and, let's, and I'm forbidden from saying anything about it before Thursday. Let's uh, let the cat out of the bag. So, of course, Bill, you went to the premiere, correct? I did. Me and Dan, and you, Dan and I, we... We were at the premiere in Hollywood at the Arclay Theater on Sunset Boulevard, and it was an amazing experience. So this is sort of a brocation in that sense. And also, you guys were working. We were. We actually covered the red carpet. We've put the, the video out. I released a, actually a corrected video today because um, the audio wasn't synced up on some iOS devices. Um, but uh, we got to talk to some amazing people, people like Jeff Russo and Michelle Hurd and, uh, and Evan Evagora, who plays Elnor. And um, is he uh, tall? <laughs> he is tall. Yeah. Yes, he is. He's also very Australian. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, which is awesome. Um, but uh, we also got to talk to other people like Wilson Cruz and uh, and Brent Spiner, and it was a wonderful evening. the The energy there was electric. We actually didn't know if we were going to make it into the screening because our credentials didn't necessarily allow for it. And uh, at the very last second, we got two tickets into the screening. I think we were the last people in before they, they closed the door. Wow. So you guys like Indiana Jones your way in. Um, all we did was ask, you know, there were some no shows, there were some cancellations, which I, I understand happens in the world, but I find it somewhat implausible because it's the premiere of Star Trek Picard, but life happens and, and people have to change plans. And we're just grateful that we could get in because we saw the first three episodes and it was amazing. Absolutely. Um, this is Phil just mentioning something down here, Bill. Um, I just need a yes or a no from you on that one. What do you think? It says here, if that's the opener for, for Picard, I feel it will be a downright epic expansion of our universe. Just nod if you can hear me. I can hear you just fine. <laughs> so, you know, we have some other pieces here. Uh, Chris mentions that, you know, it was very reminiscent of, of sort of a 9-11 feel. And, you know, this is kind of a content -y that, that the content that, you know, we're still, I mean, we're almost, what, 20 years away from it. And, and you know, everyone kind of remembers where they were. And I think absolutely, you know, the, first of all, you know, what had happened across the galaxy and now what's happening here on Mars, you know, the idea that people losing someone so very suddenly is, uh, is something that I think we all can kind of hearken ourselves back to these epochs in history that, uh, that change everything. Right. It struck me as a defining moment for this era. Um, I, I know that, you know, they're only scratching the surface so far with children of Mars and already, I mean, you know, it happens on first contact day in Children mm -hmm. of Mars. So already, I mean, it's it's the kind of thing that is designed to 
sort of be a gut punch. And it, it genuinely is. Um, I have to agree with Christina's comment there. I, I was struck by how, how close to home it, it was as well, both uh, in, in my gut and also in the solar system. Um, but I, I have a feeling that it will define an entire generation. And maybe we'll see part of that as Star Trek Picard progresses, and maybe we won't. Maybe those effects are further downstream, and that gets explored maybe post-Picard in another series. I'm not sure. That's that's definitely a possibility. Um, I, I often I often wonder, you know, how people come together in in times of need and in times of of you know these kinds of problems that that happen. You know, just recently a volcano went off in the Philippines and it's left a number of towns just completely unusable. Um, or un, un, unlivable, right? And, yeah. and it's it's terrifying, you know, the idea that they these people now just can't come home. And you know, we talk about these these moments of human humanity and people helping each other out. And you know, these these two girls hold hands in this moment, but you see this just utter brutality. Obviously, this isn't a natural disaster. This is an attack. And to to unite under a natural disaster, like say the destruction of Romulus, is one thing. But to watch. Um, something else like this happen, you know, the type of anger and hatred that it can breed out of it. I think it's, it's very dangerous and it's a very scary thing for people to be, to be having to, to look down the barrel of, especially, yeah, how close to home this was, this was Mars. And I mean, even to us, it's how, how long does it take light to travel? Like 30 seconds or something like that. So. Uh, especially something like that, you know, Mars, the home of Utopia Planitia. I mean, clearly there's a reason why that's the place. And uh, I know they're going to touch on some of that, maybe all of that as, as the series progresses, but uh, it certainly leaves us in a very uncertain spot as we kick off this series. There's a, there's a lot, I'm sure, that is part of the fallout of this. And uh, I have a feeling that in, in the first 10 episodes, we're going to learn quite a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do also sort of get this sort of signal from Picard that there's going to be a lot of emotion in this. And I would say Pat Sir Pat is is not one to to shy away from from being very emotional and being very heartfelt in the work that he does. So yeah, no, that is definitely a thing. The uh the other fun little part here is is yes, the the CBS ninjas are uh are watching that, us. And that was a reply to, uh, to Dayton Ward, who, who <laughs> warned me that CBS ninjas would probably be watching. And he's, he's right. He's absolutely right. But I always take a comment or take a moment to offer a, your face as I do on Trek Meets. And so <laughs> that was my comment to uh, the illustrious uh, New York Times bestselling author, the lovely and talented Dayton Ward. The talented and lovely too. Oh, indeed. Well, first of all, um, uh, or sorry, second of all, my brain is is a little fried with all these buttons that I have to push over here. It's like uh, it's like singing uh, and playing the guitar at the same time, folks. So the next piece that we would go into. So after we've oriented ourselves with the Picard maneuver, as our lovely graphic shows here, the next thing I I want to go into is well, we saw that the fine uh, Picard was Ambassador Picard. So in this case, no pips, no problem. I wonder, Bill. What do we think of Ambassador Picard? Is this uh, when you saw Children of Mars? Uh, what did you think at that time? Because obviously you think new things now. Um, I wondered what his role was. I mean, they clearly referred to him as Admiral uh, in the the broad the news broadcast, the Federation News Service, um, and clearly he's wearing some semblance of a Starfleet uniform. 
but it made me wonder what his role was. Is he the commander in chief of Starfleet? Is he the chief of Starfleet operations, much like Kirk was at the mm-hmm. beginning of Star Trek the motion picture? Um, it, it makes us wonder where he's going to be when we find him, because we know that Star Trek Picard takes place 18 to 20 years post nemesis kind mm-hmm. of in almost in real time, but, but perhaps not. So um, it, it left me with a lot of questions about what his role is or was um, as the series premieres. Absolutely. I think that what we, what we start seeing is, is sort of the end then. And I read a fine book by a different author, but also a fine author, the uh, autobiography of Jean-Luc Picard and whether or not Picard Star Trek Picard follows exactly everything that happens in that autobiography. It makes me sort of wonder at how much of that did sort of signal how Picard sort of lives out or wants to live out the rest of his life at the very least, you know, what, what is the life of a very solitary and kind of on his own sort of man who also is sort of space dad in, in a lot of ways. So I wonder, Bill, what do you think? Let's try this view here. Sorry, just a, just a second, everybody. Nice. Quick quick comments. What do we think about this? Everyone? We're very MSNBC right now. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Some talking heads and you can see more of a, now you're not uh, getting Picard all bunch up. I don't feel like we're like face to face anymore either. This is a much better look. So yes. Um, Yeah. This is also confirmed that it is in the prime timeline. Um, Something that has come up quite a bit. People have wondered which direction it's going to go in. I think from the looks of it, we're pretty much going to be seeing Star Trek within this prime timeline. I don't think we need to to JJ it up uh, on the television series because there's more time, right? I think there's more time to be able to to kind of retcon things if we have to and whatnot. Someone uh, and I can't find it anywhere they uh, anymore, but they they mentioned the idea that this could be an attack from a group that maybe Starfleet hasn't uh, connected with uh, in in a great deal, or maybe connected in a different light before. So maybe a rogue Borg group, uh, the replicants, something along those lines. This, of course, is uh, where Bill might not be able to tell us. But again, what were your thoughts when you saw the attack happen? And folks, comment down below if you also had some thoughts on how things uh, panned out. I'm with assuming those, you're with that attack. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm assuming you're asking in the uh, within the confines of Children of Mars. Is that correct? Yes, purely. I I was I was a bit stunned. I'm not going to lie. Because, you know, they, they had these scenes with the kids talking to their parents who were at Utopia Planitia um, just earlier on in that episode. And, you know, one of the conversations was disappointing. The other one, the kids, uh, the young girl was, she was upset. She essentially hung up on her dad saying, well, yeah, I'll be home at some point. Um, and then to know that they had to go through the feeling of their parents being in the middle of that attack and then not knowing if their parents were alive or not. That was really kind of sobering, and it, it left me considering the human factor more so than the attack or the reason behind it, much like I, I kind of did on 9-11, quite honestly. So um, I, it, it, when I say it leveled me, it truly did because it evoked a lot of things um, from our own history, as Star Trek often does. Mm-hmm. Here's an entertaining one. Uh, Mars defense perimeter fails again. The Sol system really needs better defenses. You know, it it is interesting, the idea that um, these large sort of 
massive nations can uh, can succumb to to attack. But you know, I honestly think that, that um, given the tenacity, given the resources, and given the willpower, honestly, centers of power can and have been attacked in the past. Now we can get into the concept and this is more of a Politrex thing. Um, some of you may know me from Politrex that, you know, there are, you know, are evidence of false flag attacks from different countries over time and, and whatnot. But I mean, since Rome, um, there have been attacks in the hearts of power and obviously, you know, an attack on the periphery versus an attack in the center is always going to feel a lot different. So yeah, it is sort of funny that the salt system seems to, to get attacked a lot, but what makes good TV? Uh, I'm informed, Mr. Host, that we may be joined by the lovely and talented Dan Davidson. Oh no! Uh, if you keep an eye on the uh, on the waiting room. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I'll see if he pops up below. Yeah, yeah. So one thing I'm actually noticing, just everyone in this beta test that we're that we're talking about, is reading comments, listening to uh, Bill talk, and then thinking of a response while responding in my head to the comments is difficult. So this is something that's uh, kind of kind of interesting in the sense that you know we um yeah here casey good good question will question or replies go under the the two windows hey look at that video? yeah so i can even kind of pop these up and we can start responding to those as well so what i really want definitely is to interact with you all but it is funny in the sense that i can talk and you can write so it is kind of like we're going to learn a, a bit of a language together so I can't type any replies from where I am sitting, but I can speak those replies. And then, of course, you folks can't say anything in a direct response to me. You have to uh, uh, comment. So this is why, again, we've come up with the title cards between both. So right now we're in No Pips, No Problem, which is a sort of an idea that now that Picard is no longer a member of Starfleet, he has a bit more uh, wiggle room, shall we say, in that respect. A couple of other ones as we as we go back is I always start with the Picard maneuver where we're going to get oriented and get everything kind of figured out. As we move forward and we start looking into the future, we're going to start looking at what the stargazer. Let's see what's in the stars for Picard in the future. And Bill and I had some uh, thoughts on the uh, deep Chicago deep dish that is um, the star stargazer. But you know what isn't a Chicago deep dish? <laughs> I would that? actually say is a uh, a delicious steaming hot plate of gach. That's Mr. Dan Davidson. Hello, Dan. How do you do? <laughs> Gawk. I like that. <laughs> Gentlemen, you know, I saw you broadcasting on Camp Kittimer, and I said, I got to come say hi to you guys and all our wonderful listeners. He's, so. he's got to intervene before I r run this thing right into a black hole. <laughs> well, but now you've got both of us, which means you're really screwed. <laughs> yes. How are you, gentlemen? Oh, pretty Sound good. Sounding and looking great, I must say. I want to point out, Dan, I know, of course, you're drinking margarita. We always talk about what we're drinking on Trek Geeks oh, no, and Barry. No. I'm going to commandeer for a second. Um, I am drinking some of the uh, Star Trek wines, the Federation Special Reserve, which I uncorked this evening. And I have to say, in honor of this this beta test of, of Picard Live and, and Barry's uh, new show, and um, it is quite tasty. If you haven't availed yourself of the Star Trek wines, and believe me, they're not paying for this plug. Um, they are fantastic. Let me let me add to that if I could. We've gotten a, a couple of bottles of Chateau Picard and a couple of bottles of the Federation Special Reserve so far. I have two more bottles of the Federation Reserve coming in tomorrow because it is that good. I love the Federation Reserve. It is Dan, really good. My, Dan, my address, uh, I will send to you <laughs> later. You can just fire it up my way anytime you'd like. That's uh, perfectly I, fine. I'm not actually drinking a margarita tonight, Bill. 
What are you drinking? I am drinking what my wife named sexual chocolate, <laughs> which is which is vodka, chili chocolate, Kahlua, and cream, and it is quite tasty. I'm in. Um, it's very good. Recipes will be shared in Camp Kittimer, uh for everybody later, um, uh, just as a point of order. We could, really like a, we could do like a Picard Live cooking show too, where I could do, uh, you know, uh, uh, I could do like a cake of Deanna Troy while I talk about the latest ah, episode or something. With like Mint Frosting. Only if Dan is dressed as Guy Fieri. Oh. I can do that. I will do that. What do you, do? oh, what's that? Oh, oh no, guys. no, it's okay. Sorry, sorry. I was, uh, I was thinking of something else. <laughs> you guys kill me. Well, I figured, you know what? I'm entertaining tonight, but I did want to come up and spend a few minutes with you guys and uh, and say hi and and uh, see how things are going. And uh, looks like you guys are killing it so far. <laughs> We're killing something. Killing something. <laughs> Definitely some time. No, the the best part about having you on here, Dan, also uh, everyone else, uh, too, is, you know, this is an option as well that, that uh, I can have some guests on every now and again, maybe even members of Camp Kittimer, we can start talking about uh, uh, at some point. Now, we have to watch bandwidth because uh, I live in a very cold and internet free part <laughs> of Canada that unfortunately it just doesn't work out very well all the time. So these are all things that we can kind of look into, but this is wonderful. I'm really liking, um, you know, we had Rick pop in for a little while and he's headed off now. I really like the idea that we can sort of in real time point out the things that people have said here. One thing I want to quickly talk about here, uh, what Jackie said, and I, Dan, I want your, your take on this. You popped in right sure. when she said this. So once again, Star Trek nails using aliens to reflect our own image and issues to show that no matter our differences, we have common ground and can connect if we are open to finding it. That's a, that's a lot uh, boiled down, but how would you, um, how would you relate that? You know, maybe, maybe looking into um, just sort of your experience through Star Trek and obviously you can't say anything past children of Mars right now. So this might right. have more resonance for you. Well, I, I, I don't know if I have anything specific for real life to bring up, but I, but it, children of Mars is the perfect example of that, which is what I think you guys were talking about before I jumped on. I mean, you have these two characters that are obviously uh, not liking each other very much. And somebody said to me the other day that, um, boy, they, they haven't watched children of Mars yet, but they're not sure. They just want to watch 10 minutes of a cat fight. And it's so much more than that. And the end of this episode really shows you that no matter what the differences are, when you have to come together, you come together. And I think that's one of the things that children of Mars did so well. Uh, we haven't talked about it on discovering Trek yet, but that's a point I'm going to bring up is, is it's brilliantly done to show that it doesn't matter what color you are, what race you are, what species you are, we're all in this, in this together. And when something happens that you need to be together, we're together, and it was very well done by by this uh, Star Trek short trek. Absolutely, Bill. Anything to add there, or do we want to move on to another piece of no pips, no problem that I have in mind? No, I think Dan summed it up perfectly. Uh, you know, for once, which is amazing because his his ability to to use the English language is suspect at best most days. So let's take this as a win. <laughs> how do you know? How do you know that the uh, the stage that you guys are going to be uh, um, doing your trek live on will be level? Um, well, I imagine it's not going to be. I'm going to be carrying the weight of that thing. So, uh, and that's Trek Keeps <laughs> Live Sunday, uh, April 26th. That's the Bank of New Hampshire stage in downtown Cochrane, New Hampshire. Uh, tickets available at trekgeekslive.com. Wow, look Boom. at that. Not like Boom. he practiced that all day in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I laced the track, he locked the flow on that one. I'm taking that. That one's mine. I made you say that. Wow. That's the best. Very nice. Now, 
when we so going back into uh, our banners again just to get that uh, up and running for everyone to see so the no pips no problem of uh -huh. course Picard isn't always being an ambassador he is staying at home he's doing his own work he is he is a purveyor of fine wine and all these other sorts of things my question to actually not you guys because you know the answer and that is one thing i was saying that this is basically like these two guys have popped in like two separate cues to uh basically sit here and watch us talk about trivial things because they're already several i don't even know three episodes ahead is it yes Pretty much. Ugh, I tell you. <laughs> so comments, folks, and this is where the audience participation works the best. When we see Picard in his ambassador role, are we also going to see Picard trying to manage and run a winery at the exact same time? It's a it's a maybe a bit of a moot sort of issue and stuff like that. But is he going to have any sort of adventures in his winery? Is he going to be doing anything there? Is there going to be any time spent there? Or is he going to maybe have to utilize some kind of, I don't know, some kind of feature of business that he's, he's learned at the winery to maybe fix or have something happen. And you guys are making noises and I, making gestures. I think I can tell you there are grapes. I think that's about all we can say right now. And a watering machine. Yeah, there's some kind of watering games. machine. Uh, that's literally all we are allowed to say at this point. No. The other one, and this is the other piece of it, is <laughs> in terms <sighs> this isn't fair. It's great. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> the other one, while I'm waiting to see if anyone is interested in, in commenting before we uh, get going, and maybe I could even put some of these questions up. That's a good idea. Also, another thing that I want to ask the folks of Camp Kittimer is I can put these questions up a few days in advance or, or so and therefore be able to present you guys with something that you can be ready to respond to. If you guys like that in Camp Kittimer, you can always tickle the like button or you can quickly just say, I like the idea of questions in advance or advanced questions or something along those lines. That would help too. So the other question I had was number one. What are our overall thoughts of number one? Obviously, he didn't show up in this, or she didn't show up. He or she, I don't know. He. Is he? It's okay. definitely he, yes. Oh. All right, Dan. That's uh, <laughs> Thank you for that definitive reportage. <laughs> Wait, CBS is calling me. <laughs> <laughs> the other question is, is number one, what do we want to... What are our thoughts of number one in terms of how he's going to play a role? Is he going to be kind of like uh, this for the Canadians out there? Is he going to be kind of like the littlest hobo where he solves his own little little problems as he goes along? Do you guys know what the littlest hobo is? I, I have a, a vague recollection, but you probably want to explain it to Dan. It's a spitz. It's a it's a dog that would go from place to place and solve problems, kind of like like a dog version of the Lone Ranger. Davy. <laughs> <laughs> right uh, okay <laughs> oh, impressions of uh, of so i guess i have to ask you guys again to go back into into your mind and say what exactly is number one to you how does he uh how does he fit for you how did he fit before you saw him in action what were some of your hopes can you go back that far and if not the fine folks uh here of course it says bill and dennis were in a can see they're not telling you picard takes over uh Drive time DJ at the local Labar radio station. Uh, this actually is the reason why I'm on this show right now. That's that act beautiful. That actually is the aforementioned lovely and talented Dayton Ward. Oh, hold on. CBS is calling. <laughs> yeah, we'll get him off. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. so sorry. Yeah, well, I am he's so out sorry. of here. Yeah, we're done yeah. with him. Dayton. Dayton. Uh, 
and literally, I mean, sworn to secrecy is pretty much what it boils down to. I can tell you with regard to number one, um, I was delighted to see the incorporation of right um, of a dog for Picard and specifically a pit bull breed. And I use pit bull in quotes because there is no actual pit bull breed um, for Patrick Stewart because he has been such an advocate for fostering uh, senior dogs. Um, and he and his wife, Sonny Uzel, have worked very hard in that regard to be a foster family. So the fact that they incorporated that into Picard just, just really warmed my heart. I was in love with number one from the very first trailer we saw, and I still am. I'm very excited by it. I have both of the fan sets number one pins, mm -hmm. including the dog tag pin, which uh, are all awesome, and you should all go to fansets.com and get them. Um, and they actually are the presenting sponsor for this show, so uh, they actually are paying for that plug. Um, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, and I, Dan, I'm pretty sure you feel pretty much the same way. Yeah, I think the work that Sir Patrick Seward has done with with dogs um, is so important to him that I would not be surprised if he insisted that there be one on the show. Um, I'll tell you what about three or four days before we headed out to LA, or maybe it was the day we headed out. Um, they had a quick on Twitter. Star Trek had a quick um, image of Jerry Ryan with the Starfleet Delta behind her. And it kind of, it kind of gets assimilated towards the end. And I thought that was the best little 10 second plug for the show that they had until the one with number one came out a couple of days later. That was the one that just stole my heart. And that's my favorite one so far. Um, like Bill said, sworn to secrecy on, on number one and everything like that. But uh, I think it's great to, in, to incorporate something that's so important to Sir Patrick Stewart into the show because it's done brilliantly. Well, I think political statements in, in, sci-fi is kind of a thing and i do think that the rescuing of dogs and the proper treatment of animals especially if they are to be you know members of a person's family that is so incredibly important that um that a statement like that gets made because i i mean i don't think we make any uh, any bones that uh, all three of us are uh, are very huge supporters of rescue and yes. rescue rescue pets so um to to sort of bob barker our way through this segment into the next one is uh, have your pets spayed or neutered if you're not planning on having more <laughs> and also ensure that uh you know Give give those shelters a try. We lost our shelter where I live, and now two um, non-funded sort of independent shelters are carrying that weight now, and it's it's brutal to have to see that sort of thing. So always, you know, folks support those uh, support those shelters. So now we don't really have much to speculate on outside of what we've seen, but I'm with two guys here who have seen it all. So. While I watch the comments, I want to ask the two of you some specific questions and specifically, Dan, some maybe just some plugs to get that uh, red carpet uh, chat out of the way um, in the sense of, uh, you know, I kind of want to know everything. <laughs> <laughs> that was unlike anything I could have expected being on the red carpet with Bill uh, in Hollywood last weekend. Um, being able to talk to some of these people about about the show and what it's like to be for the new people, especially to be, to ask them what it's like to now be part of this family and what weight is on their shoulders, knowing they're in such a um, loved and historic franchise. It was great to see those reactions. It was great to welcome them to the, to the family. It was great to talk to legends like Brent Spiner and, and say, welcome back to the family. Um, it was amazing. Uh, it was, I, I had the, I had the honor of being at the discovery premiere a few years ago and 
just blows it away by an, an infinite factor because we were right there and really be able to be in in the weeds, so to speak, and and see what's going on during these red carpet events. It was it was great. And then to be able to sit down and 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 see this first chapter. Uh, yeah, I can't wait to be able to talk about it with everyone about what my thoughts and feelings are about those first three episodes. And I say that I say that kind of quickly because I do have to drop off in just a few seconds because I could get back down to my guests. But um, you guys are gonna are gonna love it. It's uh, it really it really is everything I could have hoped for. Well, it uh, it is something that we definitely would would say anyone here who's uh, watching definitely go check that video to get everything kind of. Uh, uh, figured out in terms of what Dan is talking about. He got to spend time. I've just noticed we had a couple other people pop in. Dan got uh, Dan and Bill got to spend time on the red carpet premiere Picard. I want to ask though, uh, as I have had a little bit of technical difficulties and have had some stops and starts as we've gone, are there any moments, Dan, where when you were asking some questions in the back of your head, you were like, why am I saying this? Why am I? Oh my gosh. Um, I got to say any embarrassing the, moments. The only time I felt that way. And it's really strange. I had no problems with Brent. I had no problems with Jeff Russo. I had no problems with anybody, but Kirsten Beyer. I completely <laughs> locked up when I was talking to her. She's such an incredible writer and she's done so many great things for discovery. And of course now for Picard that I felt tongue twisted and kind of embarrassed that I was completely losing my train of thought while I was talking to her. But other than that, I, I really enjoy talking to everybody else. I have to say Dan was primary on the mic. I pretty much was running the, uh, the camera for the whole show and, and doing the live stream. Dan really carried the live stream um, and the audio uh, like, like a champ. He was Hercules. And he may say that his Kirsten Meyer, um, he got tongue tied. It is fantastic, and it's a great conversation. So, oh, thanks, man. Um, I, our our coverage of that wouldn't have been anywhere near as good as it was if if Dan hadn't been doing it, which is why he was on the mic, and he just he knocked it out of the park. It's funny. One of the things that uh, um, happened while we were there is we were next to another outlet that um, was doing interviews and the gentleman that was doing it, it was his first time and he was nervous like nobody's business. He kept asking us, what should I ask this person? Is, is this a good question? I'm like, dude, this is my first time too. I can't really answer that. And he had this notebook and he had all kinds of questions written down. And he's like, do you have anything written down? I'm like, no, because if I write stuff down, I'm going to be freaking out just like you are. So I'm just going with what's on the top of my head. That was the guy from the space.com website. Space.com, yep. He yep. was brand new to them, and this was his first time covering a red carpet event. It was our our first time covering a red carpet event. Yeah. He's coming to us like, uh, does this sound good? And we're like, sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it was great. Guys, I hate to drop off. I wanted to just drop in and say hi. I got to get back downstairs. You guys are killing it. Looking forward to the first live episode after the premiere this week. Oof. And I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. And campers, thanks for being part of the camp. We love it. Oh, camp Kittimer. All killer, no filler there. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk soon. See you, buddy. So one nice thing here, this is quite nice to say, Facebook user. Um, we hope that we, we do uh, the show very, very proud. Um, I definitely have to say that doing Star Trek in a movie is one thing. Doing Star Trek in a series is another. And I think this is a great segue for us to move into the Stargazer. So looking ahead, looking at all of these things, but maybe 
as the stargazer entails, not only can we look far ahead looking out at the stars, we can also look at the ship, which is Picard's past. And now, yes, the loss of his family is something that is kind of deeper, uh, deeper in his in his personal history. But I think, as we all know, grief never really fully goes away. So, Bill, I thought I would ask you first, but everybody else, you can chime in here as well. Uh, from what our uh, user has said here, the Facebook user who we don't know the name of, um, Maybe it's Dayton Ward again. I don't know. That's actually our friend Aaron Strand. That's Aaron? Oh, well, yeah. even better. Aaron was kind enough. Uh, he was my my roomie at STLV this year, and we had we had loads of fun uh, going to bed early and waking up early and <laughs> and just, just totally being being Lots totally chill. Early. Yeah. yeah. No, it was great. No, no, the best, the best, uh, the best roommate you could ever have. Anyways, what do we think? in terms of Picard being able to look at his past, being able to maybe flesh out his grief and his reaction. I mean, Picard is very much beset by his losses, if you really think about it, especially considering the fact that he's coming back from a failed mission in this at the start of this as well, which is pretty much obvious, right? So Facebook commenters, I'd love to, oops, I'd love to see what you guys have to say. Um, a lot of by Dan's have happened, which is wonderful. Too bad he's gone now. So, Bill, I guess, again, I have to rely on you to not spill the beans, but um, Picard being able to look into his past, if you could perhaps go into what you were thinking before you saw the premiere in terms of Picard getting into his past or maybe even fleshing it out, what are some things that you would say stood out to you or at least you wanted to see? You know, it's interesting. You, you talk. Uh, you brought up a great point in that he's usually beset by the events of his past, and he is. Um, he, he's a character that you know. It, it's interesting because um, in, in generations, the same movie that also killed off his his brother and his nephew off screen in a fire also happened to mention that that time is the fire in which we burn. And I think that's that's an incredibly relevant quote as far as Jean Luc Picard the character. Because, I mean, we are all the, the amalgam of the things we have experienced in our lives, right? Um, but I, I think Picard, I don't want to say he, he pulls a Scrooge and drags it like an anchor with him, or at least a Jacob Marley, mm. um, to, to carry forward yet another Patrick Stewart uh, endeavor. But I, I think that, I think it's the kind of thing he's unable to help. If you look at the things that happen over the course of Star Trek The Next Generation and in the movies, I mean, dude's assimilated by the Borg. And comes back. Guy loses his family and comes back. Um, he at, at one point he feels like he's lost everything he is and goes home to France and comes back. We've learned, if nothing else, that Jean-Luc Picard is incredibly resilient. And I think that he illustrates mm. the best of the human condition, um, at least in, in that regard. I think that that's part of the reason why this is the trek we need now. I think we need to see some of that resilience on display. I think we need to see some of that humanity triumphing over um, the things that happens. And of course, I'm speaking specifically about the, the next generation of the movies and not Star Trek Picard yet. Um, I, I think that we're going to see a very different Picard in the sense that he's he's older. You know, he's he's got these things to reflect upon and, and yet others still that will be introduced to. And um, I, I don't, I didn't, I was, I came into this saying I wasn't going to tease anything, but I am. Uh, you talked about how he's lost things over the course of, of the TV series. Um, he's going to lose something else. 
And that's all I'm going to say. I like I'm, uh, I'm evil. Uh, <laughs> I like having you on because I'm getting the bill bump which is also, I think, a form of, it's like a viral infection. Um, but uh, anyways, yes, I'm getting the Bill bump with with folks uh, coming on and seeing Bill uh, talk here, but I definitely uh, don't envy your position of also having to tease. So I don't know. I can take it. I think we all can take it. Thursday is not that far away, right? I do and, like what Christina... I'm well, sorry. and they've said that uh, it's not. It's going to release um, at at midnight Pacific time Thursday. So it's not going to be at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. It's going to be available uh, all day Thursday. So you watch it at your own schedule, which I think is kind of interesting mm -hmm. and kind of sucks at the same time because it means a lot of people are really going to have to avoid social media. Well, before I get to Christina's great comment here, being a Canadian was a problem with Discovery because we always get it an episode or a day later if we've cut our cord uh, for cable. So definitely um, we, we should create some Twitter safe spaces until the end of Thursday, just in case. Uh, and that's definitely something Picard Live will be sure to do is we'll respect uh, our folks to the west of us um, and uh, and hope that the folks to the east of us uh, do the same. I like here, though, that Picard reevaluates his life a lot. I really think this is something that we all have to do from time to time. And it's something that you don't always see characters in science fiction, especially at the sort of the, the higher, higher promotional value um, happen. So no, I, I do like this, this comment that Picard does reevaluate and he changes himself, right? I think uh, he reevaluated his position on the Borg when we got into the, uh, the movie series. And I think he might have reevaluated it again. Who knows? I think that's an important part. Um, Thanks, Thad. Good, uh, good to see you here, buddy. Yeah, he's not wrong. Yeah, yeah, he's anyway. not wrong. <laughs> I think we should see a different Picard, and that is that is true. Time changes us as well, and I think Patrick Stewart is a very different human being from what he was in the '90s when he finished the series, and then in the early aughts when he finished Picard. At least so we thought. So I think that's really important. Um, this is sort of a neat thought as well. Yeah, and in fact, that's a comment from Aaron Harvey, um, a fantastic uh, podcaster and friend of, of our show. Certainly, he's the the gentleman who created the Trek Geeks Delta um, and, and is doing all kinds of great stuff. Um, he's right. He's a hundred percent right, and I, I endorse his comment a uh, hundredfold. This this show is not dark. You know, it's not the next generation. Clearly. Uh, it, it, I don't think anything could be, and I don't. Think I haven't seen a single beige beige carpet yet. <laughs> You're not going to see the, the the lobby of the Hilton either. Um, but it, it is not dark. Um, it is it, it is very different, though, and I think that's what people need to understand. Folks coming in hoping that this is going to be a continuation of Star Trek: The Next Generation um, are, are going to be disappointed because it's not. It's it is very much Picard and not TNG. Hmm. That's a great thing. That's a great thing to point out too, in the sense that we can have different iterations. Um, just recently, and this sort of gives you folks an idea. I really only pay attention to Star Trek. I just watched the movie Joker, and I saw a very different feel to other iterations of the Joker and of Batman. And fandoms, when they do this sort of reimagining of their own lore, in the sense by putting a different lens or a different theme, uh, or even sort of uh, different dressing around you know, the stories that we watch, I think this is also an idea that we aren't in the early nineties anymore. We don't have the same 
the same feelings, the same fears, the same production. And those actors who were working back then, of course, they're not going to be interested in rehashing exactly the same thing. I mean, even even rock bands like to like to come up with new stuff. So that is a good point. There is a lot of comments, however, here on the idea that social media is going to be having some um, some issues with spoilers and everything. And I think this is maybe a better example where human beings like us who like the star trek franchise and we really want people to enjoy it as much as we did um i'm definitely going to keep uh, my big mouth shut until i'm satisfied that 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 period has passed and i think that's something that you know we even do on camp kittimer or at least uh, dan and bill do with uh, with early access to the trek geeks uh, episodes back in the day so i don't know who here thinks is it you know, are we going to be able to set up some safe spaces? I think Camp Kittimer, we can say, is going to be a safe space for not ruining anyone's day if they can't get to Picard fast enough. Right, Bill? Uh, yeah, I, you know, for Discovery, we had a spoiler thread that kicked off right around the same time the episode did. And we haven't talked about how to approach Picard because it was really just revealed today that it's going to release at midnight Pacific time um, on Thursday. So that means um, there could be spoilers all day long. Um, we'll see. I, I'm not really sure um, how we're going to treat that yet or if, if we just sort of say, you know what, no spoilers till the weekend um, to give everybody in the U.S. and the rest of the world a chance to see it before we start commenting on it. Um, uh, Dan and I will probably talk and make that decision sometime before Thursday. That sounds good. Well, I trust that and I trust, uh, I trust folks uh, here definitely to be able to, you know, just don't say anything. I mean, Right now, we've managed to tiptoe around quite a bit of information, at least Bill and Dan have. So I think that uh, that's a pretty good example of what we what we can do to make sure we don't do anything silly like that. So no, ru no ruining uh, uh, Picard Live, and definitely we'll keep that back as well. So I think we might want to begin winding down. Now, I don't know if we would be doing the fansets plug this time. Uh, well, you definitely... know what? We're going to talk about fansets because I happen to be wearing the lovely Picard crest pin. And since mm -hmm. fansets is the, uh, the the presenting sponsor for Picard Live and pretty much the entire Trek Geeks network, um, we do want everyone to have it over to fansets.com um, and, and check out a whole bunch of their stuff. And in fact, they've created a special discount code just for Picard Live that is permanent. It's not going to change from week to week. Um, anytime you want 15% off, all you have to do is enter Picard Live in all capital letters, no spaces, at checkout, and you're going to get 15% off your entire order at fansets.com. Lou and John are so great to us. We saw them out in LA briefly at the premiere. Um, they are, they're fantastic. They love Camp Kettimer and they love Trek Geeks and we are proud to represent them as we will during every episode of, of Trek Geeks and also Trek Geeks Picard Live. So, um, that's Picard Live, 15% off fansets.com. They have the Picard crest pin. They have the number one pin, which is fantastic. They have Santa number one which is number one with a Santa hat, which is their special holiday pin this year. They have the Star Trek Picard logo pin. They have the number one dog tag, which if you're crafty enough, you can actually potentially use as a dog tag for your pet. And yes, Chris Mumphrey is 100% right. Lou and John rock. So that's fansets.com. Use Picard Live. Get your 15% and uh, get a whole bunch of great pins, Barry. I definitely will. And uh, I have a bit of a, a, bit of a fan sets thing that uh, starts there with my TNG uh, <laughs> and then we go up and then I've got my 
Fansets bigger board now. I've actually had to graduate to a bigger board because my old board broke and fell in the ground one night when I was trying to sleep. So oh that my. was fun. Sorry, there goes my there goes my camera. There we are. <laughs> this is this is great television. <laughs> it is, right? Watch Barry move a camera around. So uh this is pretty entertaining. Um I, I have to I agree think, with that. I think there might be some people. You know, I I didn't sleep very well the night before the premiere uh, this past Monday, and I didn't know if I was going to be able to get into the ArcLight Theater to see it. Um, I I tossed and turned, and I was so excited. And when we finally got to sit in those seats and, and they started rolling the episode, I I was I was beside myself. I was emotional uh, because I felt like I was I was witnessing something pretty special and it turns out I was. So, uh, Thad, your, your fears for, for sleeplessness are, are pretty well-founded, my, my friend. Well, that's wonderful. And I don't know, I think I will actually be able to sleep pretty well because I just, uh, I know that I, I can kind of take my time to watch it as well. And, uh, staying, staying in the, in the safe spaces of social media, I think is, is probably the best way to go. I'll, uh, just, I'll just actually uh, get onto just funny cat videos and cockatiel videos for, uh, until, uh, until it's all, all good. So let me put on my executive producer hat here for a second and ask you a couple mm-hmm. of questions as the illustrious host yes. of Trek Geeks Picard live. So obviously we're going to do this show live. Um, Mm -hmm. when are you thinking it will occur at the same time every week or are you going to try to stagger it or, or what's your plan? Well, let's democratize this. I, I definitely, this is definitely a good time for me. Uh, are a pretty good time at about this this point because at this point i'm uh, i'm not going to be getting any more of my work done outside of uh, podcasting or anything it's just a nice time to wind down i'm also thinking about keeping the episodes to about an hour to an hour and a half uh, which just kind of makes sure that i don't run out of things to say and you folks obviously have other things that you might want to do especially if you're going to be popping in and out i'm also very very interested in keeping on a very specific one two, three, and then any supplementals that may have happen after that. We've got a bit of a slowdown there. Anything that happens after that with our, with our supplementals, I think might just be a good way to ensure that we keep a certain uh, regiment to the show that we know what's going on. If you can't make it for the whole show, at least, you know, you're going to get one segment pretty solid. And then also just keeping, uh, keeping up with the comments as they pop in on Twitter. So Sunday nights, I'm thinking at around 8 PM Eastern is a pretty good time. If anyone uh, does have other suggestions or anything, or if we start noticing that more people might listen at other times, of course you folks will vote with your, with your mouse clicks by, uh, by tuning in every Sunday night. So let's see if this time works. And if you can't make the live broadcast for whatever reason, the audio will be repurposed as a downloadable podcast so you can get them however you consume podcasts. Uh, It will be part of the main Trek Geeks feed that has all of the the shows on the network. And also there will be a separate Picard live feed in the event that you want to do it that way. So as soon as those feeds are available, we'll make them uh, we'll make them known to everybody. But if you can't make the if you can't make the main show, don't worry, you can still download the audio the next day. Absolutely. So by keeping things recognizable and keeping things followable, I hope I can make this show as easy watching as possible. And also perhaps uh, just as you guys uh, have said here, what I'll also do is when I have seen the uh, the episode of 
card, then what I will do is create a list of questions. Also, Camp Kittimerians, you folks are always welcome to message me or, or send me a, uh, you know, on our, say if we have a Picard stream happening on Camp Kittimer, if you have any questions that you want asked, uh, feel free as well to post those on Camp Kittimer, perhaps in a Picard stream that we can create uh, down the road. Definitely. And of course, questions, comments, concerns, you can feel, it, uh, feel free to hit uh, Picard Live up on Twitter. Uh, you can hit us on the, the Trek Geeks Facebook page, or you can also always comment here in Camp Kittimer. Um, uh, eventually, when we stream this live starting next weekend, it will stream at the same time both to the Trek Geeks Facebook page and to our YouTube page simultaneously. So what we'll do is we'll go in and we'll share the episode here in Camp Kittimer so that people can come right here to find it if they want to. Um, we're trying to make it as easy as possible to become part of the conversation. And um, hopefully that will happen starting next week. Fantastic. Well, first of all, uh, thank you, Scott. I'm going to give you the uh, give you the last word here. Looking forward to seeing what happens on the screen and hearing what people think about it. Well, this is the place to do so. And might I say, sir, that is a snappy admiral's uniform. <laughs> so with that, I think we can call it a broadcast. It's been a lovely hour with almost 20 uh, to 23 people. Uh, so that's a wonderful group of Camp Kitamarians and other listeners. We do welcome you here and are very excited. Like uh, Bill had said, you can find us on Picard Live at twit on Twitter, and you can find us here at Camp Kitamer uh, also as well. So with that, let's, uh, let's sign off and... Uh, I don't know any last words, Bill. <laughs> no, thanks everybody for watching. We'll uh, we'll do it again next week, and I hope everybody enjoys episode one of Star Trek Picard. Um, just soak it in. Um, <laughs> I think you're going to enjoy it. I think you're going to enjoy it a great deal. And um, I think it's it me definitely up, by the way. a lot this to think about. This is what hung me up, by the way. I'm I'm trying to read what I'm trying to say, and then all of a sudden this stuff pops up. So thanks a lot, you guys. <laughs> This is part of the reason I don't do video, Craig Ewing. Thank you very much. <laughs> and that's an elliptical over there. Sorry, that, that side. It's backwards on my screen. Um, and that's my wife's desk. So, Well, that is wonderful. All right, folks. Well, with that, we hope you have a wonderful week. We look forward to the responses to the premiere of, of uh, Star Trek Picard coming up on Thursday. You can check it out on CBS All Access. If you are in the United States, you can check it out on Crave TV in Canada. And I believe it's Amazon Prime in UK. The rest of the world. Yeah, Amazon Prime in, Prime in the rest of the world. So wonderful. Everyone have yourselves a wonderful week and uh, try to get some sleep before Thursday and live long and prosper. Bye.